I'm Julie Lamb, a therapist turned life and business coach. In all my years as a therapist and coach, I have seen that true healing and growth comes from understanding your greatest asset, your brain. To manage your life and business, you first have to manage your mind. I'm here to help you figure out what the hell is my brain doing? Hello, my friends, and welcome back to what the hell is my brain doing? So today's topic is something that is actually really dear to me, only because this is something that I have really tried to understand. Why do I do this? What is this all about? And to kind of preface this, I want to go back and talk about how we are social creatures. Like that is honestly, our brain is always looking out to belong, to fit in, to somehow understand what we're doing here, what our role is. And I think that's why this is always so fascinating to me, because if our brain is saying we must belong, we must fit in, then why do I want to be alone? Why is it that there are times that I would just rather be in my room reading and nobody bother me? And that brought up the question that I think a lot of us kind of wonder about, and that has to do with more of the introvert versus extrovert. And what's interesting is that for the longest time growing up, I always thought there was something wrong with me because I was an introvert, because I wasn't super outgoing. I didn't feel like I made friends really quickly. And so I thought there must be something wrong with me. And because of that, I think that was something that fed into how I portrayed myself in business. It was something so simple as I'm shyer, I'm a little quieter, I don't want to put myself out there. And what that really does is basically I am letting this idea of being an introvert shape me and decide what I will or won't do. So this was kind of an interesting thing that I wanted to kind of understand. Where did these come from? This term extrovert, introvert, where did this all start and what do we do with it? So I went back and I looked, and this has been a study that's been going on by Carl Jung. So we're talking 1920s. Like this has been going on for a long time. And I think it really started because again, if our brain is trying to be social and fit in and just belong, there was this question of why are some people shyer or quieter? Is it social anxiety? Like what's going on here? And it kind of has led to this idea of where does this come from? Why do we react to things the way that we do? And what's very fascinating is then we look at the nature versus nurture. Is this something that you have genetically been predisposed for, or is it something that you are conditioned to be around? Like different experiences can create this. And you know, what's fascinating with all of this is that introvert and extrovert they've actually found is something that, yes, you are genetically predisposed for. It is something that all of us will have no matter what, but our particular circumstances can change and create different scenarios. And where this becomes fascinating, again, because the brain is adaptable. And so essentially, you may be more prone to be introverted or more prone to be extroverted, but because of different situations and experiences and things that you may be a part of, you may gravitate towards one or the other. So we're going to define these a little bit more, but I want to give one more thing. A lot of times we think it's an all or nothing. I'm either all introvert or I'm all extrovert. And when we talk about this definition, I actually want to challenge you to look at introvert and extrovert as a scale. Look at it as one end of a spectrum almost, where if you were to say, sometimes I can be extrovert or introvert and you feel like, but do I have to pick one? This is what we're going to talk about is this idea that introvert and extrovert isn't just so black and white. And remember all of our thinking before, anytime we start to go this all or nothing, black or white thinking, that's when we start to question, why do I feel this way? What's going on? Why do I feel different? So we're going to talk about extrovert, introvert. What is it? What does it mean? And then we're going to kind of look at some things to just help you figure out where you kind of belong in that scale. So my favorite definition that I have come across is when it talks about introvert, it's basically saying that this is somebody who is primarily focused on internal thoughts and feelings rather than 
outside social or things. They also tend to drive their energy from being alone. So to an introvert, what this essentially is, is they are very much in their head. They're very much in their thoughts. They very much like to separate from people and that they recharge basically on their own. Compare that to an extrovert is someone who gets their energy from social interactions, from being around people, from things that may be happening rather than internal thoughts and feelings. So an extrovert may be considered more outgoing, more socially confident because of that. And what's interesting with both of those is that I have never liked labeling and terms. And so I don't want you to get caught up in the idea that oh, I'm not socially as confident, so therefore I must be, or I am socially confident, so I must be extra. No, just this is just a general broad term. And I really appreciate when we talk about how the introverts tend to just be more internal focus. Extroverts are external focus. That's really the biggest difference. There's been some studies that have also shown what brain parts get activated with the introvert and extroverts. And it shows that introverts do tend to have more of the forward thinking, the processing parts of their brain and the emotional centers activated. Whereas the extroverts, they also have that emotional center, but they have it more from that primitive perspective of getting out there and being a part of everything, being very social. Something else that's really fascinating is that honestly, the whole population is about, from the studies that I've seen, 50-50. Like maybe there's a few more introverts than extroverts, but they have generally found that it's about a 50-50 split. This is why I think when we start saying one is better than the other, how can you say that when about 50% of the population has one or the other? So this is where I really appreciate looking at it from the idea of a spectrum, that there are times that I might be more introverted and times that it might be extroverted, which brings up a new term called ambivert. Some of you have probably heard about this, And this is essentially somebody that fits in a little bit of both categories. Sometimes they are more introverted. Sometimes they are more extroverted, depending on the situation that they find themselves in. And I think that all of us sometimes will be in either of these categories. We just tend to default to one or the other. So let me give you an example. If you are one that likes to to go to work and you prefer to be in solitude, maybe not solitude per se, you're okay with people around, but quiet, just kind of focus on your job that may be more introverted. If you prefer to do group activities, group projects, and being a team leader in that way, you may be more extroverted. If you can honestly do both, there are times that you need just concentration, just focus, just all on your own. And there are other times that you can lead and talk and be part of a group that may be more ambivert. I will admit, I hate group projects. I think that they were the worst thing in college. But I had several colleagues of mine that loved group projects. They just preferred that over everything. And I think that was just more of that personality trait that we had where I preferred to do things on my own. I preferred to think and process on my own. And my colleague could sit right next to me and they preferred to be with people gathering that information. What's really fascinating about that is I think about my friend in my graduate program that was more extroverted compared to me. And our careers are so different. Again, we both graduated from the same school, but this person went on to lead big projects and go out and speak and do all these other things. And I tended to have my private practice and impact a smaller group. I wasn't as out there as some of the others. But what's interesting is that that doesn't at all diminish our abilities or diminish the impact that we do have. They're just a little different. And I think that's what I want you to really realize is that introvert extrovert is not a problem. It is not a way to say I am messed up or I'm not doing the things that I need to be or that's a failing or something. It's simply just a different way of you approaching the world around you. 
So one of the things I really want to look at is, again, this idea of energy and how we recharge. Now, as an introvert, I can go out and be in public and go be with people. I can talk to people. But there comes a time when I just need to go back into my little corner, my little space, take some deep breaths and be okay. I compare that to my husband, who tends to be a little bit more of an extrovert. He enjoys to be around people. He's very friendly in that regard. So a lot of times when we go out in public, I always use him as the example of, you go talk to people and I'll be with you and I'll just kind of follow along. But then there are times that he's like, I'm not really wanting to be extroverted today. And it might be something that I feel more comfortable in. And that's something I've noticed as well. A lot of times when an introvert feels very comfortable in the space, that may bring out an extrovert within them. Whereas sometimes an extrovert may not feel as comfortable and it may bring out an introvert in them where they hold back. And I think that is something else to really consider is that, again, going back to this nature versus nurture idea, because sometimes if I am predisposed to be an introvert, but there are times and situations that call forth this extrovert within me, that's kind of a superpower you can have that I want you to really lean into. There are times when that comes out and that's really great. And there are times that sometimes it feels like it's an inconvenience. That's when our brain starts to say, this is a problem. This is where you want to be able to look at it and say, actually, this isn't a problem. This is just how I react to situations. So how do I take care of myself in that situation? So as an example, I do give speeches and I get in front of people a lot. And when I do that, I actually have to take a moment before I get on stage, before I give out to these presentations where I am calming my thoughts. I am very much introspective into what I'm going to be saying, thinking, feeling. I do a lot of calming, breathing exercises. At the same time, I know many extroverts that do this as well, but this is what I have noticed that I do. Then I get on a stage and it's almost as if this persona comes out that's very confident about the material I'm delivering, the people I'm talking to. And as I talk and share and move forward in that direction, I notice that this, it's we call this extrovert that comes out, but it's this confidence within me. So even though I may identify more as the introvert, there are times that I am confident in my abilities and it appears as if I am extrovert. I actually had a mentor say that to me. She asked me, she says, do you think I'm an extrovert? And I was like, of course, you talked to all these people. You're always out there. And she says, no, I'm just more confident in my abilities. And I think sometimes we distinguish. We're like, an extrovert must be extra, extra confident. Introverts must not be. Guys, that's not true. An introvert is just as confident. Sometimes they just give the material different than an extrovert does. One of the things that I think is very fascinating when it comes to that is introverts, again, if we tend to be more introspective, that means that we also tend to avoid conflict. So a lot of times our speech is very much the, how do I avoid, how do I get out of this and how do I smooth it over? Whereas an extrovert may not be afraid to actually face the problem and say, wait, this is a problem. Let's deal with it. And I think that's why introverts and extroverts need each other, because there are too often times where a problem needs to be solved and an introvert may sit back and be like, well, maybe we could approach it this way, where an extrovert may go full force and say, no, it needs to be done this way. Both have their places in every situation. I often think about how in therapy, as an example, I am listening to a lot of people. I listen to what's going on, what they're saying, but let's be real here. None of my clients want to hear me say, and how does that make you feel? And again, how does it make you feel? Now, don't get me wrong. They do hear that from me. But but when we talk about it, it is not just simply let's talk about feelings. They want to be active. They want to know I'm actively listening and talking with them through the things that they're going through. This is where I want to talk about that ambivert. An ambivert will basically be the one that is actively listening. They're the ones that talk through the problems because they have almost that 
best of both worlds where they're able to listen and decipher and communicate that. And so sometimes we think, oh, that's why certain careers or professions are better at this. That's not really the case. But there is something that I think is really crucial to all of this. Introverts tend to do more internal validation, the inner thoughts, the inner knowings, whereas extroverts tend to do more of the external validation. How does somebody else view me and think about me? What does that look like? And this is where I want each of you to take a page from each other, because a lot of times it's really easy to get caught up in the idea of how does somebody view me, think about me, what's going on? And if that's a very extroverted thought, that also goes back to the idea that I need to belong. I need to fit in. And all introverts have that as well as all extroverts. This isn't exclusive just to extroverts. But what ends up happening is the extrovert may lean on that more. They may lean on more people telling them, you're so great. This is fantastic. That's why we find that a lot of times in social media, for instance, a lot of influencers tend to be extroverted because they are seeking that validation. Whereas the introverts, we tend to be more, I'm good. This is okay with me. How am I feeling about this? But where this comes a problem is sometimes introverts are hardest on themselves. They are the ones that are often going, I just can't believe I didn't do this. What am I thinking? What's going on here? So it's easier at that point for an extrovert to be like, I'm not measuring up to so-and-so and an introvert being like, I'm not measuring up to myself. This is where I want you to recognize that whether you identify more as an introvert, extrovert, combination of all of it, it's really listening to the voices around you. Are you listening to those around you that are uplifting you, moving you forward? Are you even uplifting and being your own inner cheerleader? Because those are the things that honestly are going to help you. So being an introvert, is not a bad thing. Being an extrovert is not a bad thing. It's what we do with it. Are we going to use it as a label to hide behind? Are we going to just acknowledge that this is how I happen to deal with certain situations? I prefer to be alone. I prefer to interact in these ways and have that be okay. So I was going to tell you some areas that I want you just to consider, and we're going to look at these four areas and you're just going to rank yourself and look at and say, am I more introverted in this area or extroverted? And again, because we are adaptable creatures, what I want you to be able to say is, is this something I want to change, do differently? What would that look like? So the first one I want you to look at is social. In social situations, do you tend to gravitate to large crowds or do you tend to gravitate to a few? Me, I gravitate towards a few. Large crowds, unless I'm speaking and I've prepared myself in such a way, large crowds are really overwhelming for me. Going to conferences can be that way. So because I know that I want to interact in large crowds and I know that my natural inclination is to go to the few, what I do is I have to give myself the few. I have to basically look at this large crowd and say, where's the few? And go from few to few to few. When you break it up that way, suddenly it looks manageable. The same thing though for an extrovert. If you enjoy the large crowds and being around people, but you're still trying to get to the few, you look at the large crowd as the same way. How do I impact you know, more people and then less people going from 100 to now 50? What would that look like for me and how could that be okay? To be honest though, a lot of times extroverts are really okay with either big crowds or even two or three or four because they enjoy that social interaction. So again, which one do I tend to fall into? Large crowds, smaller crowds. And then if that's not a concern, fantastic. If it is, what would you want to do differently? The second one has to do with communication. Again, extroverts tend to talk more and introverts tend to listen more. And this is not a problem. So if you are one that tends to talk more and you want to practice listening more, that's just what you do. You practice listening. 
if you're one that listens, but you want to practice talking, it's exactly what you do. You practice talking. And one of the key things is you have to understand you cannot get it wrong. You cannot get it wrong by listening. You cannot get it wrong by talking. When you believe that, then you can go into either direction. Third one is decision-making. A lot of times introverts tend to, again, they're in their head a lot, overanalyzing, overthinking everything, whereas extroverts tend to be quick, decisive decision-makers. So where I look at this is sometimes an extrovert may make a lot of really quick decisions. Some are good, some are not. That's, you know, something that they look at. And sometimes an introvert can miss out on something because they think about it a long time. So one of the things that I encourage both sets to do is to basically when a decision comes is to really just, what is my gut, my intuition saying? And sometimes it's different for either person and just being able to follow that and then knowing that it's going to work out because remember your brain will not let you fail. It's one of those fail safe things that it has. So be willing to say, how can I make this decision and feel good about it, move forward and not let it hold me back? My introverted friends, it's okay to think about it, but sometimes just trust that intuition that it knows what it's going to do. All right. And the fourth one has to do with workplace. And this one is very interesting to me because again, this goes to group people or doing things independently, but I'm going to kind of tease this out a little bit. And that sometimes this also has to do with your ADHD can come into play here because a lot of times what we have found is that introverts prefer quiet. They prefer just no distractions to help them kind of stay focused. Whereas extroverts sometimes need the distractions. They need the music or they need voices around them so that they can focus even more. This isn't for everybody. Again, this is that idea of the spectrum. I can be either or. So basically what I want you to really look at and say, how do I perform at my best? Do I perform at my best with others and perhaps with more noise, music, or do I perform at my best in quiet? As an example, my husband performs really, really well listening to music. I perform really well with silence. Again, neither one's a problem. It's just understanding that. So my friends, look at those four areas and just start asking yourself, where do I fit? What does that look like? And perhaps you're like many and you find that you kind of go back and forth, which is the ambivert going back and forth. It's not a problem. Actively listening, being with people and being alone, also being flexible with your problem solving and adapting to new situations. If that's the direction you want to go, all you have to do is say, where am I now? And what would it look like to open myself up in those different directions? But we're still honoring who we are. There's nothing wrong with being an introvert, extrovert, ambivert. It is just who you are. It's a part of your personality. Your brain just wants to make it a problem because of that social engineering. So my friends, go out there. Be the extraordinary introvert, the extraordinary extrovert that you are because there's only one you. Until next time, this is Julie Lamb with What the Hell is My Brain Doing? If you love today's show, I would love for you to take a minute and give a five-star rating and a review. Subscribe and share with those that you know would love to learn more about managing their brains. If you're ready to join me, I want to invite you to coach with me where we uncover more about your brain so that you can have the life and business you dream about. Manage your brain is more than just a thought. It is a possibility. Go to www.julielamcoaching.com to learn more. This is how we do it. Stick with it. See you soon. Have a great day.